All right, so Evan, we've missed you these past couple weeks, busy watching the Rangers mm-hmm. end up winning the entire thing. Then they have a parade and everything. Uh, do you think that Tech, when they get their fourth win of the season this week against Sam Houston, that parade will be equally as large? <laughs> um, I mean, I wish that Tech would be anywhere near as successful as the Rangers have been. But, you know, Tech hasn't won a game since October 1st, so maybe I traded in one sport for another, I guess. Yeah, the, and the Rangers really kind of fell apart down the stretch of the regular season, then turned it on in the postseason and won the championship. So maybe that's what Tech's trying to do here is just <laughs> completely fall apart at the end of the regular season and end up winning the college football playoff. Yeah, I think it it might be too late for that, unfortunately. Oh, is it? Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, the Rangers playoff run was fun. I had tickets to game six of the World Series, obviously did not end up needing to go to a game six. So you know, my stance on Wednesday when game five was played was like, look, however they want to win, I'm I'm down. Right. Like it's kind of a kind of a win win for me. Either my team wins the World Series or I get to go to uh, to a World Series game in person. But, you know, obviously the 800 bucks hitting my credit card back is going to be nice too. whenever they actually refund those tickets because they still haven't. But yeah, you've heard of um, girl math and boy math. Now it's sports fan math. The tickets that you bought getting refunded because the game won't be played as a new paycheck. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, shout out to the $800 coming back to me um, for, for those tickets. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And Tech did what we all expected this week. They lost to Liberty. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yep. (laughs) Not much more to say, honestly. I mean, I guess we'll get into it. I was slightly surprised by this game, not by the outcome or by the the way that the defense looked. I'll say I wasn't surprised by that. Um, But we were kind of having some debates in our chat. Uh, I feel like the offense, for really the first time all season, looked good in the second half. I I felt like this was how a like quote unquote air raid Sonny Cumbie system or whatever was billed to us, you know, and Hank was really zipping the ball around and finding open guys who were schemed open. And we had, I think four straight touchdown drives and then it kind of stopped after that. But um, yeah, four, four straight touchdown drives and then two turnovers on downs after that. But yeah, I mean, other than that, like all I have to say is that my God, the defense was absolutely atrocious in this game. Fifty-six points allowed, the most Liberty has scored on the season. I believe they said on the broadcast at one point it may have been before they even got to fifty-six. Uh, I know we went into the year, Matt, with you saying "fire Scott Power, fire Scott Power," and I think we were more or less with you, but maybe not quite as passionately. I'm now a hundred percent on board that train. Uh, yeah, uh, Sonny Cumbie's offense and this game looked fine in the second half. It's looked pretty good at times throughout the season, but it's the defense that's been the consistent and it's been consistently bad all year. And this game yeah. really showed it. So before the season, I said that he was crap. I never, ch- I never changed my opinion. Uh, I'm pretty apathetic towards football right now. It's been really bad for the past three years. I've had a kid in that time, for Christ's sake. Yeah, but the uh, frustration has been replaced with apathy, my friends. It. I didn't watch this game. I don't want to watch La Tech football anymore. It's it doesn't bring me any happiness, and I'm not interested in doing things that don't bring me happiness. It's tough, man, because 
I want to watch and I want to enjoy it, but steer back. Scott Power is awful. He's an FCS level coach, and I realize that LaTeX is in essence an FCS school now for football because uh, that's what CUSA is, is just F-C-S-U-S-A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a bullshit. It's the worst conference in FBS, bar none. And I said before the year started that Liberty were probably going to just train wreck everybody and win the whole thing. Once again, I was right. They're 9-0. and They're not going to lose a game. And even if they do, they're going to win the conference. They're going to steamroll whoever they play. So at this point, Sam Houston's next. Should be a victory, although Sam Houston just picked up their first win of the season. Yeah, I'm actually kind of happy uh, about that. Shout out to uh, Kennesaw State. Uh, yeah. we're not, future future Kusa member there. We're not, yeah. we're not pulling at 2013 Kansas. Or K- Kasusa, I guess is how you would say. Or yeah. F- Kasusa. FCS yeah. USA. Someone's getting fucked um, and it's the fans. I <laughs> Kennesaw State's an FCS school. So um Sam Houston still have no FBS wins. I'm sure that'll change when they play tech. But yeah, the we'll oh, so they can pull a twenty thirteen Kansas. They could. So the pain it, nothing surprises me anymore. I wouldn't be surprised in the least if, if tech gets crushed. not crushed. I would be stu- I would be surprised <laughs> if tech got crushed by Sam Houston, but I wouldn't be surprised if they win. Uh, what hurts the worst is that you see all this coming, and then what hurts worse is that things that you thought were going to be good about your football team are actually some of the worst things, like the offense. But uh, Scott Power does need to go. I don't think he's going to get canned. Uh, I don't take Cumby seriously as a head coach. I have no faith in him whatsoever. I've lost every ounce of faith I ever had in him as a coach. He's irredeemable at this point. Uh, he's wasting everyone's time. He's not good enough to coach this team. He's not good enough to be a head coach, period. Uh, he could probably slide into an OC role or a QB coach role somewhere else. Unfortunately, we're stuck with him for another three years because Tech can't afford a buyout. So it, it's a sinking feeling like, what's the point of watching football if you know the team's not going to get any better? Because I've said this all season. The worse the team, the more the more losses the team incurs. The worst the worse the team looks in those losses, it affects everything. Players don't want to come here, and when the players don't want to come here, you have to settle for players that aren't necessarily good enough to play at Tech, which just lowers the quality of the program. And after three or four years of that, you've basically taken what used to be a pretty good mid-major college football team in the group of five and plunged it into. Uh, an FCS school, and that sucks, man. And you want to talk about you want to talk about Scott Power. Uh, I hope he goes. I don't think he will. Uh, what do you get? Yeah, I mean, let me just let me say? just jump in real quick. So, um, on the Blue Tech Blue forums, Ben pointed out Scott Powers had 22 games as our defensive coordinator. In 14 of those 22 games, the team has allowed 30 plus points. In 14 of those 22 games, the team has given up 400 plus yards. That's not good enough. I mean, he's he. And no. Listen, if you're if you're Cumbie and if you're Eric Wood, frankly, like I think, I think the coordinators have to go. I think both coordinators have to go after the season. It's been you know, frankly. You know, it's close loss after close loss after close loss, minus this past week. But like the New Mexico State game, the MTSU game, you know, basically everything outside of SMU, Nebraska and and Liberty now have been close losses. But when you've had like 12 close losses in your first two years as a head coach, like you can't 
that's not like oh eventually we'll we'll snap our fingers and start winning those games no like that should have happened already this past game i mean just to kind of put some numbers to what we're talking about here i mean liberty did whatever they wanted like literally the entire game i mean they didn't have a failed third down conversion until eight minutes left in the fourth quarter uh they were seven for seven on third down which is also pathetic because that means we weren't even getting them to third down they were uh i think i saw they were like 9.5 yards per play yeah they're not going to need third down if they're getting 9.5 yards per play so they end up with 602 yards total uh, about half on the ground half through the air the one stop that we had before the fourth quarter was them fumbling an RPO. So like we didn't even touch them. They just fumbled. Um, they botched the handoff and, and we recovered. So, I mean, if you want to look at their drive chart, right, it's like touchdown fumble, then six straight touchdowns, right? It, it's like, or seven straight touchdowns, I think. So, I mean, like I said at the top here, the, the offense, I think, looked good and, and gave me some positives. And I had fun watching it for maybe the first time in several uh, several weeks, maybe up to a month. Um, but the defense was not able to do anything at all. And Liberty Liberty's too good of a team for the defense to give up 600 yards. Right. Like, I mean, they went up 28 to 10 at halftime. There was no. Yeah coming back against this team granted our offense played better but our defense didn't liberty scored 14 points in each of the four quarters yeah um, just like it's just it's uniform right it's i mean literally it's touchdown fumble touchdown 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 like it's they did whatever they wanted and frankly like i know liberty was eight no coming into this game and like they were 17 point favorites whatever so like maybe it would be rash to do this but honestly i don't see how you're not like taking play call duties away from Scott power after this game. I mean, we literally did not stop them a single time until the fourth quarter with eight minutes left. And that's when you, when I buy the arguments, by the way, of like, we've had discussions on the show in the past and in our chat about this specific game about like letting off the gas. Okay. With eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, I buy that the offensive play calling has changed a little bit. And maybe that's why we held him to a three and out rather than, you know, them scoring their seventh straight touchdown drive. Well, it's also a holding on that. Yeah. Yeah. That drive that backed them up to a second and 17. And that was fair ended enough up being too much. So I, I'm not even sure if I buy it that on the offensive side. Uh, but, it was again. So they fumbled and then they had a holding penalty that set them back. So our yeah. two stops of the entire night, there are two stops of the we're entire self-inflicted night wounds. were pretty much self-inflicted wounds by Liberty. Or we might be looking at 70 to 30 here as the final score. Yeah. And with well, the Scott power talk real quick to wrap it back around the reason why I think he will be gone this year. And it's not just because of trying to find something to pull me out of the apathy. It's that we have a new university president. So all of a sudden your athletic director has to appease somebody. Then your head coach has to appease them. And the easiest way to do that is to fire these coordinators, especially the defensive coordinator, Scott power. When there's a change at this level, it's very easy to go, oh, I'm putting my people in place. Even if it's it was at three or four levels down from the university president, there's going to be immediate pressure put on things just because this is a new person. Um, so I can definitely see if for no other reason, although that shouldn't have to be the straw that breaks the camel's back, let alone any part of the decision making. Scott Power should be gone after this year. And if he's not, I am very, very upset. Yeah, well, wouldn't be surprised in the least if that doesn't happen. Because, 
I don't. Have, I just don't have a lot of confidence in this in this football team in the administration or anything. I don't know how much pull Wood really has. Uh, I realize that he's the AD and he can fire Cumby, but I'm not really sure how the minutia works. Of oh yeah, you better get rid of that defensive coordinator or whatever. But uh, I mean, just the contracts go through the athletic department. You could just not renew their contracts. They're on one year deals. Oh, are they on one year deals? You'd piss off Cumby if you did that. Went behind his back like that, but. Sure, I don't think I'm not suggesting any conspiracy or anything like that, but I am. I didn't realize the coordinator coordinators <laughs> are on one year deals. I didn't. Yeah, know that, that was a big Skip Holtz thing. Was trying to get longer term contracts for his coordinators, and that never really head materialized. Head coaches should be on one year deals. If uh, if that if that is the case, then that inspire that that does seem to bode well for power leaving. He's not up to snuff. Offensive coordinator too. There needs to be a lot of co- coaching turnover. It just sucks because. Uh, it starts at the top. Cumby sucks, man. <laughs> like, he's not that dude, and it it hurts because I thought he was going to be, but he's proven it now. He's just not that dude. He can't evaluate talent. He can't put the right people in charge to lead a successful football team on the field or on the sidelines. So uh, sucks that we're stuck there. Uh, it'd be nice if some more powerful team was stupid enough to hire him away. Uh, please, yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, come on, uh, Tennessee or anybody else stupid enough to take away Derek Dooley here. Yeah, we just have to get to oh. four and eight, and then somebody will hire him. Basically, well, I mean but that's look, what we're going look, to try to do this week. I realize <laughs> get to that four. Kind of, need to kind of push past this and move on. So let's go ahead and do that. I know that kind of yeah. close up. Uh, Six hundred yards from Liberty is ridiculous. That sucks, man. And so, I expect nothing yeah, less. I don't want to talk about our offense. Out of yeah. Scott, but about the offense, Evan mentioned. I didn't watch this game, and I should probably have that tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> but uh, Evan mentioned in our group chat that the offense was looking better. I've looked at the numbers here, and they look pretty good. Uh, I'm not going to get think- into my argument that people took their foot off the gas. I think that it's kind of a waste of time for our listeners. But uh, yeah, and I, I think do, I mean I do you, see- to be able to judge that, you'd have to, like not critical of yeah, you in probably. any way for not watching this, but like you need sure. to kind of see what they were doing but i think what i what i mean is and most of the stats that you're seeing there met like 388 total yards 304 passing for bachmeyer yeah. i don't know how much of that exactly is in the second half but you know starting the second half we had three consecutive touchdown drives which i doubt that that's happened any other time this season that we had three consecutive touchdown drives like anywhere in a game i mean we'd be I lucky to have three three touchdowns at all right exactly game. yeah i mean like if you look at utep right we scored 24 and won that game so that's three touchdowns for the entire game so i i think to me what was and it's frustrating because like i'm like where has this offense been you know i texted ben over at bleed tech blue i was like where has this offense been and and he, his response to me was like, you know, it's been there the whole time. Cumbie just hasn't been calling it this way. And it was heavily reliant on the pass because Liberty has a very good run defense. You know, it's 304 yards through the air, but it was really just finding quick, you know, like quick slant, quick out, quick, you know, like a, it wasn't moving the ball 30 yards down the field at a time. It was moving the ball 12, 15, 18 yards down the field putting guys in a position to make a catch and they were actually making the catch. Like true Edwards to me had the game of his career, six catches, 85 yards and a touchdown. And he looked good doing it. He made some guys miss. He caught pretty much every pass that came his way. 
He's the top rated player on the offense in terms of the uh, PFF grade this week with a 78.9. I mean, it's just it's just frustrating because it's like we've we've had this somewhere inside of us and like it could have won us games like against New Mexico State and against MTSU, but we waste it on the second half of a Liberty game where you know, Liberty is in the midst of scoring seven straight touchdowns on us. Right. So it's like, it doesn't even really matter. And the stat line, like we got outgained by almost 250 yards in this game. So it doesn't really matter. But to me, the offense gave me some excitement for like the first time in maybe this entire season. Right. Cause like early on in the season, it was like, Oh, can we, can we put something together? Right. Can we, can we have a sustained drive? If, if I went back and listened to like, the SMU preview. That's what I would be hoping for. Uh, and I finally felt like I got that, but it was like, it didn't even matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you mentioned him by name, true Edwards. Really? I think it's that one play call. They ended up using twice ends up being a, a oh, yeah. fake screen to either smoke, or I think someone else on the second time was running that route. And then it's a little screen pass to true Edwards in the middle of the field, but you have linemen I think there are two or three of them ready to block in front of him. Uh, yeah. So you end up with this funky little thing, but you have blockers in front of someone like true, who is not getting, you know, double covered, getting watched like smoke is and allows him to break through for a touchdown or a big gain. The second time might as well call it again. It worked so well the first time uh, stuff like that is what I was excited to see with Sonny Cumbie. It was that kind of thing, whether or not we're doing this downfield, uh, air raid to use the cursed words uh kind of offense just not always trick plays creative. like this either if you can really call them trick but yeah creative these, yeah, these interesting just, play designs that aren't just you know what you would see on a first screen and and ask madden when you're playing the game just kind of interesting things that end up causing good things to happen and we see them every now and then but we haven't seen them consistently and I felt like we tried to get those working early earlier in the year and they always went to smoke and everyone knew where the ball was going and it's taken some time to figure out what plays like that would actually work. Then again, we always get way too trickeration and two point yeah. conversion attempts. Uh, I'm getting really tired of those, but still, I mean, there is stuff to like here about this offense. The, the defense is a loss, write it off on your taxes, burn the building down to get the insurance money. But the offense, there is something there. The thing that is, though, that we are 10 games into a 12-game season, right. and something there yep. is not enough. Yep. And again, you wait until maybe it's because we're down by so much, we have to try to move the ball downfield. And that's that's the difference, right? It's not that Liberty took their foot off the gas. It's that Liberty's up by 28 points, and we got to stay. We got to hang with them. But like, why are we not calling the offense that way when we're in a battle with New Mexico State, right? And I'm not smart enough about the football schemes and, you know, oh, New Mexico State was running cover two. I don't fucking know that stuff, right? But, like, the way that we've played every game this season until the second half of the Liberty game, which we're going to lose and we're getting blown out, is, like, timid. And then finally, and, and like, honestly, it's not even this season. It's go back to last season, too, right? We're just, we're playing timid. Offensively, we're calling... the. And it's just like we as fans, like even if we lose like a 56 to 55 game or whatever, like 
at least it would be fun to watch, right? Watching 24 to 10 against UTEP, like that's not fun to watch, dude, even though we won. But like I had fun watching the offense and being like, oh man, True Edwards is having a good game, right? Like Keith Willis is back. He's he's having a good game, right? Like, eh, well, I mean, short yardage situations, I guess. Yeah, but because but, the the, run, the running game is something I want to talk about, but go ahead and finish first. Yeah, but but like right now, I mean, listen, and I mean no disrespect to Matt and and Josh and the other guys in this group, like the people in the group called Go Tech, please don't die, are not even engaged enough to fucking watch the game. You know what I mean? Like that's pathetic from a tech, like not from us, like the team is not doing enough. Like I, I did not even consider taking off work to go to those midweek games. Like it wasn't even consideration for me uh, to drive the four hours on a weeknight to get over there. Right. I'm a, I'm about as diehard as you can be in terms of being a fan, but it wasn't even a consideration for me. Like I'm going to homecoming this weekend. Cause it's a, it's a Saturday game, but, and because it's homecoming, they, I want to see my friends for the first time in a long time. Right. We might get to that coveted four win plateau. We haven't been yeah. able to summit here the last and few years. And throw the parade. Oh, yeah. But like you have to do something to inject some life back into the fan base. And just having a more exciting offense than 24 to 10 at UTEP is going to. And I'm picking a win to illustrate my point. But like, you know, I would love to see three straight touchdown drives more than once in a season. You know what I mean? So like whatever needs to happen to make that happen next year, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. And I think part of that, and I think why the offense looked as good as it did in this game. And the reason why it's looked bad all season long, especially early on in games. And I, and we've talked at nauseum in the chat and also a little bit on the show about our, the defensives taking their foot off the gas or whatever and allowing tech to catch back up. But I think it's more that we mostly abandoned the run game. You look at the rushing stats for this game hank bachemeyer is the leading rusher i think i made a joke earlier about playing as peyton manning and madden with him before (laughs) like this dude is he's not like painfully slow but he's not a running quarterback and the reason why he ran was because he's escaping pressure on pass plays and those were some of our actually more successful plays from a running back perspective you mentioned keith willis jr he ends the night with 3.1 yards per rush seven carries 22 yards but he has two touchdowns so like the end zone got in the way of him going further but when we have to catch back up our offense changes to i mean we're not really go 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 mode because we're still taking the full play clock to snap the ball but we are at least saying we need to be pass heavy now we're getting hank bachmeyer even jack turner depending on whoever's playing that game the time and the play calling to get into a rhythm and get going and kind of run the offense rather than slowing things down with a running attack that has not worked since Northwestern state and that allowing our offense to actually show. And not that I'm saying we should just completely abandon the run and go in next year with, you know, oops, all passing, but something needs to change there. Cause if our running attack is that much of a step back as holding us back that much, then this offense will never be as good as they look in the second half of games. Yeah. I think that's fair. Y'all got a player of the game for this one. Taking that silence as a no. No, I don't have a player of the game. I would give it to the fans for their long-suffering bullshit. If there are any fans left outside of the three people speaking to each other right now. <laughs> More seriously, looking at the looking at the box score, um, I'd, I'd I'd tip it to Hank because yeah. uh, yep. he had he went twenty three for thirty three, three hundred four, two touchdowns, 
Uh, it, it says no interceptions. I don't know if he fumbled it at all, but even nope, if he did. No turnovers I, for Tech. Yeah. And Liberty was very, very good at creating turnovers. So, again, I think the offense, like, if the defense could have gotten a few stops and gotten the offense a couple of extra possessions, this might be a different game. But Because our offense was really firing on all cylinders in that second half. But, yeah, I, I think it goes to Hank. He's, like you said, Nathan, he led the team in rushing yards. Um you know, he had a 17-yard uh, long run, but 32 total rushing yards, 304 through the air, um, two touchdowns, no interceptions. So um, completed just over two-thirds of his uh, attempts. So, yeah, I mean, I think Hank had a pretty good game. Showed He showed me, like, what I wish I had been seeing all season from him and from the offensive play calling. Yeah, I'm between two guys right now, Hank Bachmeyer, just for – finally looking like at least somewhat the quarterback we expected him to be this year. I mean, true Edwards had those two great plays, but I'll go back to true Edwards. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, I think true is a good choice. Um, yeah. And I've really loved that play design and it worked twice in the game. Um, it, it had smoke or the slot receiver. I think it was uh Latulis in the second, the second instance of this, but kind of come in motion in front of the quarterback, you know, could be a jet sweep play, but then you have true Edwards coming in from outside as sort of a wide receiver middle screen and it, it worked. And I guess now yeah. it's on tape, so maybe it won't work again, but like I, uh, I, I love the inventiveness there and using your slot receivers as uh decoys right in that way, not his first career touchdown, but you know, it, probably his easiest touchdown, right? Just kind of walking in behind the big lineman. <laughs> Yeah, and then also, I mean, honorable mention here, just because it's been a while since we've shouted him out, the punter, Blake Oschendorf, uh, continues to be one of the best punters in college football. Has a 55-yard boomer in this one, averages 43.7, which is actually a bit below his average on the season. Uh, currently leading Conference USA in punting yards per punt, uh, 45.4. Nice. That is something that, I mean, these aren't wins, and so, you know, the the flipping the field ends up not mattering as much but if if tech was playing some closer games and some more of these games were coming down the wire the field position game would be huge and i just wish we could have had him a few years back and some of the skip holtz years yeah liberty was just like oh cool we have to gain more yards this time to score a touchdown yeah exactly a challenge (laughs) yeah um anything else we want to say about this game before we move on to sam houston nah good riddance all right yeah so sam houston is this week the second to final game of this 2023 season. Thank God it's almost over Saturday at 2 PM central at mm-hmm. Joe IA stadium or broadcast on ESPN plus. Oh, it's going to be on ESPN plus. Yeah. Good. Finally a game, not on CBS sports network. Maybe that's the card. I, I doubt it, but I'll watch it. <sighs> Might as well watch. Uh, uh, th- is this our last home game of the year? Yes. It is. The finale is at Jacksonville state. Possibly Hank's last football game ever. Yeah, possibly. Uh, I think he can come back, I think, if he wants yeah. to. I, I would uh, we'll, want to. See, we'll see if he wants to, I guess. <laughs> Get into some anyway, pharmaceutical yeah, sales yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that, kid's an, that kid was an idiot. But the uh, <laughs> yeah, Sam Houston, who just picked up their first win of the year against Kennesaw in what I think was a pretty exciting game. I think they won on a walk-off field goal. Yeah. They have played some teams close. If you listen to last week's show, Liberty where included. I talked yeah. to a couple of Liberty fans. Yeah, they, they were very impressed by that Sam Houston team that only lost to the flames 21 to 16. 
And so they were like, Sam Houston's not a good team, but they are better than their, at the time, 0-8 record would indicate. And now they're 1-8, so maybe that's exactly what their record indicates. Yeah, they are better than 0-8, technically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're a very not good football team. This is their first year in FBS, and they're struggling. They don't have an FBS win yet. Big emphasis on yet. I'm sure they'll come in a rust and make history. Yeah, they, but the... One victories against an FCS school, future Kusa member Kennesaw State. But yeah, Nathan, I mean, do you know anything about this team? Yeah, so to go through not all of their schedule, but a little bit of it, just some of those close games. They opened up at BYU, lost 14 to nothing. BYU's not great, but they're, you know, going to a bowl game this year. Jacksonville State, they lost to an overtime. for International, they lost to a double overtime. And then hmm. lost to UTEP by a field goal. So they have a stayed in a lot of these games. Yeah. Um, we mentioned Liberty. New Mexico State was 27-13. That's really the as as far apart as these scores have gotten since they played at Houston a few weeks back, back in uh, September. But looking at the previous matchups that Tech has had against the Bearcats, Tech is 2-0-1 all time against Sam Houston. That tie came back in the first matchup in 1926 with a final score of 6-6. Six to six. Then a 46 wow. nothing shutout in 1942, the year before football was canceled due to World War II. Then their final meeting, or their third until this coming Saturday, was a 55-17 to win for the Bulldogs in 1999. And a fun fact about that game, the individual record for the most forced fumbles in a game for Tech, for a single player in a game, is two. There are 11 guys tied for that record, going all the way back to the 19-aughts. Two of them, two of those 11 guys forced two fumbles in that game in 1999. Wow. That Damon is a Harrington fun fact. and Nathan Darby. So there's your very obscure tech trivia, Josh, if you want to include that in this off season. <laughs> Here's show. a fun one. Uh, the week after Tech beat Sam Houston in 1999, they went on the road and beat Alabama the next week by one point. And next week, we're playing a team in Alabama. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. And, the same, uh, right? Alabama and Jacksonville State. Yeah. X first FBS win of the season was against Sam Houston in 1999. Yes. Oh, no. They were FCS. Duh. So, yeah, never mind. Uh, <laughs> Tech's first FBS win of the season was against Alabama. Even better. Boy, those are words I'll never speak again. Continue. Because they won't schedule us because we have a three game winning streak. And that's the lie I scared. tell myself to help they me. They are sleep. scared. Let's talk about the Sam Houston offense and how scary it might be. Uh, well, it's a pass-heavy offense that's not very good at passing, so not very scary. They throw the ball over um, 56% of the time for only 5.9 yards per pass. That's ninth worst in college football. Wow. Um, the, run, <laughs> the run game leaves a lot to be desired as well. 2.8 yards per carry. That's eighth worst in college football. To give a couple names here, just so we're not dunking on the entire team, uh, the quarterback is Keegan Shoemaker, who is second in conference in completion percentage. But like we mentioned with that yards per pass, these have not been long completions. His main target has been Noah Smith, the wide receiver. 54 receptions on the season is second only to Smoke Harris in Conference USA for most receptions. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of interesting that Smoke leads Kuso. When, I, I mean, I feel like we haven't been utilizing him as much as we should, but I guess that's a little bit of a tangent. No, I just hope he gets a good job after he graduates. Poor little bastard. <laughs> they said on the I'm broadcast that he's not a small guy. 
I still don't understand that. I've seen him in person walking out of the tunnel. Oh, he is he's, very, he's very I mean, I'm, small. He's I'm, quite I'm, small. I'm five eight on a good day, and uh, when <laughs> I watched him day? walk off the field, two foot three. And okay. so when I when I watched <laughs> so him walk off the field, very bad day. Yeah, in Nebraska, when he walked off the field and walked by me, I made the joke. I was like, "Man, he looks like a Make a Wish kid." Like coming out here to like fulfill his dream of playing FBS football. He's like so small and I love you smoke. I wish things could have worked out better for you, but you've had to wither away at this Titanic level program. But yeah, he's a, he's a small fella. Also one last fact from that 1999 season that I just can't stop looking at a tech <laughs> ended that season on the road in Los Angeles playing USC. Wow. Uh, where they were destroyed. <laughs> Dang. But what an That's odd fun, season. They, was that yeah, like a post-Thanksgiving game? It was. What? Um, well, it, yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Unless, unless, we were independent that on. year? Or, yeah, we would have been independent still, right? Uh, yeah, it was the day after Thanksgiving, 1999, wow. November 26th, and Tech lost badly. I was hoping to find some photos of it because I wanted to see if there were any. Tech had a crazy schedule that year, just to be quick. They opened up on the road against the number one team in the country, Florida State. Got smoked, then went and played Texas A&M at Independent Stadium. There's a familiar sentence. And lost by 20. Texas A&M was ranked sixth in the country. And then they played number 18 Alabama in week four, which they won. And they ended the year playing USC. Uh Crazy. Kind of nutty. And Tech was ranked when they played USC. Uh, they were uh, 25th in the BCS when they got pooped on by USC. Yeah, Damn. Their backup quarterback, USC, did propose to his girlfriend at that game. I hope they're divorced. Her answer apparently was, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, should have been the starter, John Fox. Yeah, she was like, should have been the like, starter. Should have been Mike Van Raphorst. Yeah, get some game reps. I'll be more excited. What's nutty about this is that almost every coordinator after the first JB3 year, Jack Bicknell year, every single coordinator left after the first year. All of them. It's very weird. And it, well, oh. the offensive coordinators left. I beg your pardon. Anyway, kind of steering it back here. Uh, so speaking Sam of uh, vaunted stadiums like the Coliseum, uh, Joe IA Stadium will be playing host to this uh same Houston team. Uh, yeah, not not great. But no. <laughs> so, Nathan, you're telling me they like to pass the ball a lot offensively. They don't run a lot. They don't run it well. They don't particularly pass it well. Yeah, I, I do want to mention with the run game, just to kind of put a nail on the offense. Uh, John Gentry is their leading rusher. 87 carries, 286 yards. That's 3.3 a carry. One touchdown on the season. Mm. Their next leading running or next leading rusher is the quarterback. And not really because he's a dual threat kind of guy. I mean, okay, he, good. He he is a run because he has to kind of guy is what I'm taking away from this. But I mean, that hasn't stopped Tech from making quarterbacks look like much better than they really are. So yeah, let's talk about the defense though. Yeah, so I mean, the defense is kind of average, which is weird if you're talking about a one and eight team without an FBS win, but. They are middle of the pack in points allowed, yards per play allowed, and yards per game allowed. So it's not quite as bad as you'd expect, I guess. And yeah, I mean, the balance is is there as well. Their pass defense is slightly better than the run defense, but 
again, they're pretty much average in both categories. Yeah, ranked somewhere between you know 60th and 90th uh, across most of those major statistical categories. So uh, from a team like Sam Houston, when you're that bad, at least record-wise, you expect the defense to be the thing that's really holding the team back, a la Louisiana Tech. But it's really the offense has been so atrocious, and the defense has been at least pulling their weight, and that may explain some of these close games uh, these past few weeks for the Bearcats. One name to throw out there for the defense, though, linebacker Trevor Williams. You will hear his name called a lot on Saturday. Second in Conference USA in total and solo tackles. So 100 total tackles, which is second in Conference USA. The next guy on the team has 49, doubling wow. up oh, the second place wow. guy on the team. What's I'm, his I'm name? starting to think he's like shooing people away. I was like, no, I got this one. Yeah. Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams. Okay. Definitely look out for him. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what I'm interested to see here is like for our offense, you know, we've been we've been passing at a 53 and a half percent rate. So we we pass on 53 and a half percent of our plays. That's 31st ranked um, in the country. But Sam Houston's opponents have been running it a hell of a lot more than they've been passing it. They've been running it at like a 57 percent clip. So I wonder if um, we will be able to, you know, establish a little bit more of a ground game than we were this past week at Liberty, where we only had 80 yards on the ground, 32 of which came from Hank. Right. I mean, maybe maybe there's some uh, there's an ability for some of our running backs to get something going in this game. Yeah. And maybe that's what these polls are predicting when they're making their predictions about this game is that tech may get something going on the ground. Although I don't really believe it till I see it. Massey gives tech a 66% chance to win this game. 30 to 24 final score predicted fate final score predicted in tech's favor. ESPN FPI gives tech a 68.5% chance, which rounds up to 69% chance to win. Nice. And Vegas favors Tech by 8.5 and over under a 48.5. So that's about a 28.5 to 20 Bulldog final score predicted. But what do we think? Do we think that Tech finds their fourth win in in a season full of so much mediocrity? Or do we think that we will be the Bearcats' first FBS win as an FBS team? I I think the the stage is set for Sam Houston to win. They've played really competitive football against a lot of Two FBS schools. I mean, well, it, in fairness, Sam Houston is an FBS program, but it's their first year, and but they've played they played Liberty really well. They played several other teams and went to overtime against against them. So a reversal of fortunes in all those games, and Sam Houston might be trying to play for a bowl game. So that being said, I'll go ahead and say that Tech will win. I don't think it's going to be particularly attractive, but. Uh, I'm feeling a strong 27 to 20 uh, victory here. I'll go with that. Yeah, Evan. Yeah, I think Tech wins. Um, it's it's been a while since we've won a game. It's been over a month. It's been a while since we've won more than three games in a season. But I think this opponent comes at the right time. Neither team is playing for anything in terms of postseason. Sam Houston is playing for trying to get that first FBS win, but. I think what I saw from our offense last week and then what I'm seeing from these stats from Sam Houston, they're middle of the pack, but teams seem to be scheming the run and we were not able to run last week. And I think the offense will benefit from 
having the balance that we've seen at times, but I'm just hoping that this this Hank Bachmeyer experience from the second half of last game will continue on in conjunction with some extra running um extra running room for our for our backs. So I don't think it's going to be 55 to 17 with four for forced fumbles like it was in 1999, <laughs> but I'm going to say uh I'll say 30 to 17 uh Tech wins homecoming um beautiful weather in Ruston with your boy in the stands. I'll be pretty short with my prediction. Tech will fall at halftime and be down 24 to 14. You know, the normal comeback thing. You think they're going to have it. You think they're going to catch back up. And just as the time expires, we score a touchdown to take the lead and the win 27-24. Wow. Wow. I think we've had enough of these comeback attempts that have fallen short at the final seconds that one of these is bound to work. And well, we had the FIU game already this year. But oh yeah, I forgot. So maybe we'll lose. I take it back. We'll lose <laughs> twenty four to twenty one. Dang, sure. But yeah, so that is our football talk for this show. It's we spent too long talking about it, considering how bad this team is. Let's talk about basketball, which we have no idea how bad this team will be yet because we don't know any of the players. Ooh, yeah, it is. Uh, it is going to be interesting to watch this game. Um, I guess it'll be before this episode comes out. But there's a there's a game tomorrow, guys. <laughs> Against Colorado State. That'll be interesting because basically feels like it's Isaiah Crawford, Jordan Crawford, and then an entirely new team is kind of how it seems. Yes. Yes, is really the only response I have to that. Yeah, we went transfer portal heavy and we'll see if it pays out. I mean, we lost our team to the transfer transfer portal. Might as well give it as well as take it taketh away. And I mean, just as kind of a quick, quick preview here, because we we don't have much to say yet. I I think we're going to wait and watch the team in action and kind of pick up from there but the key returners for tech are obviously the uh the aforementioned isaiah crawford who was named conference usa preseason player of the year last year he averaged 13.7 points 5.3 rebounds um per game and then had 62 steals uh sixth most in a single season in program history um other returners are javon mangum will allen jordan crawford and then we have several new faces, including Tyler Henry, uh, Sean Newman, Jordan Turner, Talik Chavez, and Devin Ree. Those guys all transferring in this season. We're not sure as it stands now about the transfer from Texas Tech, who's supposed to be, you know, kind of instantly one of the best players in Conference USA if he's eligible. That's Daniel Bacho, but we're waiting on the NCAA to decide if he's eligible or not. So They're really he's, bachoing up this. Yep. Whole process it, in indeed they are um he started his career at arizona did not play at all transferred to texas tech where he played i believe two seasons and so you know second time transfer you're technically supposed to sit out but a lot of players are given waivers by the ncaa but we're still waiting so season starts tomorrow he's not going to play tomorrow but um we'll see hopefully that won't take too long for them to determine yeah, I'm personally excited to see Jordan Crawford again, even though he may not be the starter day one. I mean, he really, as a true freshman last year, made his presence known. It felt like a player I haven't seen as exciting since maybe Daquan Bracey or Speedy Smith uh, at the one. And so even if he you know, doesn't have quite as large of a role this year, I'm excited to see what he's able to do. Add in all the extra players, add in the Kusa preseason player of the year and Isaiah Crawford. And this could be a very good team, but we just have to see, are these pieces worth anything and can they mesh together? 
in what is very much a team sport. Yeah, and I think like what we were kind of sold last year on Talvin Hester before he started was like, oh, it's going to be a defensive-minded team, and that didn't really pan out, but obviously the team had some issues, I'll say, uh, with you know between the coaching staff and some of the players. Um, from what we are hearing preseason, the guys that are in now are really bought into Hester's system, which makes sense because they kind of all transferred in to play under him. Um, whereas guys before Kobe Williams, you know, great bulldog, uh, for probably what three and a half seasons, but he was not bought into what Talvin Hester was, uh, selling. So it'll be interesting to see like if that shows up on the floor, right. If that shows up in terms of the win loss column, or if it's just kind of like that's preseason talk, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody's bought in, in the off season. Right. But like, let's, let's see it when we're playing you know uh sam houston state on january 6th right exactly yeah so the the few games coming up right now at the beginning of the schedule again we'll do a little bit more of a preview once we have a better idea of what this team is so uh keep your eyes open on that and we'll talk more about basketball when we know a little bit more about what the hell we're talking about so yeah i i do want to mention to the lady texters start this week um the one team left that is still called lady texters um and yeah, I mean, pretty much same. We don't know a ton about them. They're playing LSU a tomorrow night and then Louisiana Christian on Thursday. And then they have a, uh, a road matchup with Texas, uh, the number 11 ranked team in Massey, um, giving us a 2% chance to win that one on Sunday, November 19th. But, uh, basically Keanu Walker is gone and Anwar Roberson is back. So that's all I know at this point. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, so that brings us to the end of the show now. Let's do the tweet of the week. This week's tweet of the week is a little unconventional because, uh, well, we we ended up posting the picture from someone who has their Twitter account on private on yep. our feed. Uh, but, Parker, you deserve it for this one. The scariest costume of all time. Uh, Evan, you want to describe it? Yeah, I mean, basically, he dressed up like the bulldog in the boss is down for scheduled maintenance um picture that we all remember from our time as students um for some reason every single night from what like 8 p.m to midnight the system would go down um and so yeah he's he's imitating that in his uh halloween costume here he's got his he's a teacher he's got his boss is down for scheduled maintenance written on the whiteboard behind him and he's dressed up just like that bulldog so, um, yeah, shout out to Parker. I mean, I guess it's going to our tweet, but only because Parker's is uh, private, so we couldn't retweet it. But I did ask him permission um, to tweet that photo. So, And he said no. He did say no, and I said, fuck you, man, and you're going to win tweet of the week anyway. <laughs> yeah, I went to go see if Boss is down right now, and it's not. But I did find out that I still have my password saved, and so now I'm logged into Boss. Let me see if I can oh, add any classes. Oh, God. Yeah, let's let's go register for classes. <laughs> I'm not admitted for the term winter 2024. Oh, dang. There uh, goes that. I do not have my my student ID and pin uh, saved. I have no idea what those would be. Anyway, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog, GTPD.com gtpdd.dog where you can read some blog posts although we haven't done one in a little bit because you know the season's been heartbreaking hard Uh, to be motivated to do stuff like that when we suck (laughs) you can do the contest 
which that allows you to bet against tech, which has typically been a pretty good bet. Or you can buy this month's merch of the month. It is November. We have new merch for November. It is a baseball cap. I think it's a, a snapback style hat. Camo says Hoop Troop on it because, you know, military and Hoop Troop, it, you know, there's something nice. there. With a basketball on it, get it for $5 off this month. So that is $30 instead of $35. It'll go up to $35 at the end of the month. Get it now. GTPDD.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. So before we get to the end of the show here, let's do the tweet of the week. Oh, before that, here's something fun. Yeah. I've been kind of uh, screwing around on Wikipedia here, following some of the old coaches tech used to have. And uh, old Joe Sloan is at LSU now uh, as the quarterback's coach, uh, famously remembered for being the inside receivers coach at Louisiana tech and then (laughs) offensive coordinator in skip Holtz's last year. Uh, I just want to read this one little tidbit on his, bio page on LSU football's website. It says prior to LSU Sloan spent nine seasons at Louisiana tech where he helped produce some of the offenses in college football. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. I feel tempted to screenshot that tweet it and tag everyone's favorite Louisiana tech history professor. Some of the offenses in college. (laughs) Some of the offenses in in college football. That is uh, certainly accurate. Yeah. <laughs> cannot argue with that. Not entirely indicative um, of the truth.